I think from here we're going to kind of talk about and go into like kind of life above water. So more just random topics. I'll hit you with some random questions and things like that. Yeah. Uh, in regards to entertainment, reading, things like that. If you're cool with that. Yeah. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. All right. Um, favorite show right now that you're watching right off the cuff. Oh. Oh, um, I just started watching. I I just started watching One Strange Rock right from the start last night. Have you seen that one before? No. Oh. What's it all about? Uh, Nat Geo. It's a Nat Geo documentary series that it's it's narrated by um, astronauts and Will Smith, and it's just about the forming of the planet and some some really advanced crazy stuff. It's Darren Aronofsky that's the uh, the director, and he's he's quite a good director of good things. So it's. Uh, Episode one was great. That's my favorite show right now. Are you big into the the Nat Geo? I assume. Um, so my brother's got Disney Plus, and um, we, well, I I'm using it. I'm trying to get a VPN out here so that I can watch his Disney Plus, and it, because everybody seems to be running out of Netflix right now. Yeah. <laughs> how's the uh, How's the Netflix out there? Like, do you have to run VPN for everything, or is there like a no a Thai, Netflix Thai Netflix or a Thai is, Thai Netflix is fine. Yeah, Thai Netflix is basically the same as you know, as Canadian Netflix. It's not much difference. I mean, you probably have some better shows than we do, but because obviously they have to include some Thai content. But uh, yeah, we we get all we get all the same big names. I mean, like, and especially because all all of the big ones that come out are Netflix originals. You get all of the Netflix originals. Like, yeah. like, yeah, when, when Tiger, don't worry, when, when the, um, uh, when the quarantine started and everybody was watching Tiger King, I, I watched Tiger King. Don't worry. <laughs> are you, happens. are you on Joe's side or Carol's side and why? Um, uh, to be honest, I don't think I really paid attention enough the whole time that, that was to warrant me picking a side. I just, it was just hilarious how that story unfolded and, um, I don't think either of them are. I don't think either of them are necessarily clean in any way. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Think Carol, I don't. I totally think Carol Baskin's got some crazy stuff up her sleeve. I also don't think Joe Exotic is a, a, any bit clean himself. Like you see that in the first episode. Like I remember the first episode near the end, he gives some serious death threat to her, and you just go, yeah. "Whoa!" <laughs> That's what the rest of the series is going to be like. Okay? <laughs> What about uh, what about the MJ doc, The Last Dance? Did you watch that? I did watch that. So I watched that, and I had an interesting bit about that versus another show that I've been watching, which we get into. But yeah, I I I love Michael Jordan, man. I've I've always been a massive fan of Michael Jordan. One of the one of the first quotes I can remember, like l- learning when I was younger, and um and kind of really applying to the way I thought was when he was his big one of like i can accept failure but i can't i can't accept not trying and and i always really really loved that and i've always loved his mentality and getting to dive inside somebody's head on a documentary is one of is like my favorite thing about the documentary and when you get to dive inside that guy's head oh my god like the just even yeah, just the crazy. way that he approaches problems and things like that like one of the, the big one that stood out to me on the show was when um was I forget who it was that was uh, bugging him in the uh, in the conference finals conference finals or something I think it was ninety seven or ninety eight there was a guy that was 
I can't, I, it's so, I, I should have read up on this before, but uh, there's a guy, don't know how exactly it goes, and, every, and they ask him, like, was this guy, like, a threat to you? Was he bothering you? And he looks at the camera and he goes, not at all. I didn't even think about it. And <laughs> it just, it just, like, it just goes to show, like, how strong he truly is mentally and how he deals with, uh, with adversity and how he, he can just shut things out. It's, it's a crazy skill to hone. Um, yeah, he's one of the best in the world at it. Do you think it would have went a lot differently if it wasn't produced by like him and his team, though? I think that's the the big oh, yeah. thing that's coming oh, yeah. up now. Um, I I mean, uh, are you, are you gonna are you gonna go into him as a leader or anything? Is that what you're looking at? I I'd like to hear your More thoughts so. on th- thoughts on him yeah. as a leader. Um, I think he's an extremely I think he's an extremely effective leader. Um, and I, who am, who am I to judge Michael Jordan? Of course. Um, yeah. So I <laughs> take this as a grain of salt. Um, it's just, I, I love looking at athletes and, and their, and coaches and their leadership style. I've always, I've always really, really enjoyed doing that. Um, um, and tried to pay as much attention as I can to the way that they lead, um, and the way that they manage people. Um, and I had some, I have some really good influences for learning that stuff when I was in school, actually. Like, did you ever, like, Thomas, did you ever take uh, leadership in third year with, um, uh, Phelan? Yeah, I did. Remember him? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, like awesome class awesome guy I, I i loved sitting down with him talking to, and just talking to him about the athletes that he worked with and things like that that was always it's always been such an interest in mine um and so when you get to see michael jordan as a leader it's 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 insane it's it's amazing to watch because it is amazing how he is effect how effective he is um and while his way of being of of getting people um to do the work and to um, be up to the standard is, is a bit of a forceful one. And I don't think that is always the best way to deal with people, especially certain different, certain types of people. And you learn that teaching stuff and coaching things too, that everybody has different styles. Um, well, I don't agree with that. I, I agree that yes, it's, he does it in an extremely effective manner and you can't argue with that. There's, there's, there are people who are nice and less effective than people who are mean and very effective. His role was to be effective, and he was unapologetic for that, and I totally agree with that. I, I totally see where he comes from on everything he does, um, but it's not the way I would do it. That, I, think, I think it's safe to say that. I would, I would have a different approach. I, wouldn't, I, mean, I'm not as, I, don't have the, I don't have the same tenacity that he, that he does. I don't, I don't really – I can't resonate with – I can't personally see myself treating my teammates that way, you know? When you're that good, it's kind of just like you get on the ship or you get off and leave the team, right? Like you, exactly. you see exactly. in later years when they're winning, it was guys like Rodman who didn't give a shit and would just go out there and perform yeah. or like Steve Kerr who wasn't afraid to kind of stick up to him even though it was like a smaller, lesser known guy. So you can see yeah. kind of towards yeah. the end of the run, it was all these guys who knew how to play with him and probably if they didn't play with him, they probably wouldn't have won. So I think it's just yeah, finding that exactly. balance and appreciating the end goal rather than kind of what it takes to be, to get there. Yeah. Like I loved his, I loved when he, that one episode when he, you know, I mean, as much as the, it's, it's such a, like a, as much as you can really chalk it up to like a, a very esteem based and performance and esteem based environment that he creates unfor- in, in a kind of unfortunate way with Steve Kerr and that bit. I love that. I mean, you see why he challenges him and you see why, um, why he holds that standard because when he came back to that team in 96 and there's this new team and, and he was talking about how he was like really getting on some of the guys who hadn't been there before 
that like no we're, we're gonna win another we're gonna win another championship like you, you guys you guys are new to this you haven't done this before you need to hold up this standard totally agree with that like i, I mean the way the way that you execute that is is in different ways depending on the on your personality and depending on the way you lead but um at the core of it i, I totally agree with what he's with what he was talking about you know sure yeah, right. absolutely Let's but, stay away but, from, oh, but, but no, one, but one, but one more, right. one more. Um, I would highly recommend that both of you watch cheer on Netflix. Oh, <laughs> this is yeah. what Jack was saying. What, what's yeah, the, we, uh, we, we were talking about this earlier. Same um, capacity or what? How's it? How's the comparison? Same, um, same performance, uh, different method. So how does it change? Um, or do, do you do you think it's just one of those where you have to watch? You have to watch it. So uh, the coach um, Monica Aldama is her name. Um, she is like the John Wooden of uh, cheerleading. Um, remember John? Do you remember John Wooden from UC, like the legendary UCLA basketball coach? Yeah. She Monica Aldama has won, I believe, fourteen national championships in cheerleading. Um, and. The way, and then the program follows the team in one season, in the 2018 season. Um, and it, it, is, it is absolutely shocking, the, the dynamic that that team has compared to any other team I've ever seen before. Like, um, watch the show and watch when somebody makes a mistake and watch how that's treated in such a constructive way. Um, and... I think that's why their team is so it's just, it's a team that is successful in such a different way and such a less forceful way. Um, and in a way more open environment, I, it's, it's almost like, I, I mean, I've always thought that that's kind of the, the way that I see her lead is the way that I see that like the most is the most effective way for the most amount of people, you know, I have to check that out. Now I've got me intrigued. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, yeah, it's, it's the shit. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I always see ads for it, but I never actually clicked on it. Yeah, no, it. I mean, gotta do it. Gotta do it. It's just mm-hmm. eat the frog. Watch, watch yeah. the, watch the one, uh, watch one episode. Do it. It's, uh, it'll be totally worth your time. Just, just to watch the behavioral aspect of the people, the characters, it's just the, the range of people you have when you have a, um, uh, when you have a, a team with men and women on it, you know? Um, and how you yeah. have to appeal to and to to bring up the performance of both of those ty- of all the different types of people that fall under male and female in one team. It's it's a lot of personalities, a lot of things to manage, and she does she does it so well and like in in such a very professional, very focused and but very open and empathetic way. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out for sure. I'll check that out. Yeah. Okay, let's go I'd outside of shows. And then let's cool. go favorite favorite band right now. Oh, favorite band right now, Incubus. Incubus. I was just listening to, Dri- listening to Drive the other day, one of the classics. Yeah, I love that, dude. It's just, I find that different, depending on different places I've been in the world too, I listen to different music because the weather is different or the, the people are different. I don't know. It's just, I kind of always try and attune my music to the place I'm in. Yeah. Um, I know that's super weird. Don't worry. Um, but, uh, Incubus is a great, a great band to listen to out here. And, um, I've known and loved their music for so long, but when you really take a deep dive back into a few albums that you 
haven't listened to in a while you reconnect with why you like them so much and how much kind of they impacted you as when you were younger and how those messages still ring true now and yeah incubus incubus what's is your, one of my favorite bands right now what's your favorite album that we should listen to from them um listen to listen to make yourself and listen to morning morning view those are the two albums that i would say just okay. yeah listen to those two albums those are the early that's, where, that's where it starts that's where it starts for them like it's uh, you see how they come together like they listen to the music before i've i've heard brandon boyd who's the singer in, in interviews talk about how he didn't really learn how to how to write songs till he wrote make so they had to do make yourself and so um you can definitely see a huge difference in the music that, that they do from the album before to make yourself and then how it keeps going through to morning view and oh it's it's a completely different style of music than you hear mo and than you hear from most bands and the lyrics are probably like in the 99th percentile of it but i yeah. i know people would disagree with me with that but i think their lyrics are phenomenal any questions you have for for matt jack in regards to the music side Based hey, on you're the, a music guy jack aren't you <laughs> yeah i'm uh i don't know i'm the big music guy here uh yeah well this doc you know, what, is, what is the genre of these? oh incubus oh dude incubus is um punk rock i mean punk rock with a bit of kind of alternative in them oh yeah okay yeah really yeah really really good big 90s guy though oh huge 90s guy yeah, I could talk, no. I could talk to you. I could talk with you for ages about the '90s and and, and what I think about the '90s. Do you even though I never any, personally like any ahead. new stuff, though. Are you just, are you stuck in the '90s or do you? Oh yeah, no, that... I'm not stuck in the '90s. Sorry, I still listen. To, I still listen to tons of new bands. Um, uh, 1975's new album that just came out, I'm I'm loving right now. Um, uh, also really into Fiona Apple. Um, yeah, we listened that's to a some bit of an out there one. Oh, she, so she, she's a genius, man. Um, she put out her new album that just came out in the middle of quarantine is called Vegetable Cutter. I, I loved that. How did <laughs> you find irony. her? How'd you find um, her? How did I find her? Uh, the first time I ever heard about her was actually, um, I probably my cousin Kate. Yeah. Um, I, I have a, Three of my cousins are ten years older than ten and twelve years older than, than me, um, and so they were they really lived through that '90s, early 2000s fate, like era of um, of that kind of music and stuff, uh, and that cultural shift as well. Um, and Fiona Apple was a huge artist in the late in the late '90s, like huge. She had a, she oh, had okay. a cult following. Like he, uh, Kanye West has had interviews talking about how dope he thinks her music is. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's hilarious um, she's been a g i mean she's just so, she's 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 one of those she's a musician's musician you know she's looked at very highly in the musician space like by other artists and that so i've always i i mean that means something to me and when when i go and listen to something and i want to i want to listen for those things that these other musicians are hearing um yeah. and yeah her music is just she does what she wants she's so weird she's so out there but her her music has evolved so much over the past 20 years and she only makes an album every like five years at least. Or her Spotify picture makes her look so much younger too, which is throwing me off. And then I looked <laughs> yeah, at I all like, yeah. the discography and the, the records and it's like a, a lot older than that. So I just Googled it. Yeah, yeah now that makes title, a lot more sense. Title was, title was 1995, I think, right? Her first album. Uh, yeah, 96, 96. Yeah. 96, 96, shit. 
one year. One year. Not a big, not a big fan, I guess. Not a fan. <laughs> no, no, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, she was a massive influence, and I, and I mean, I, I like artists who have influence and use their influence and express themselves in ways that are different and not they're not afraid to be different than other people. So she's always been one of those people for me. And, um, then, then of course, quarantine happens, and she she comes out with this album that is all about breaking free. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, just hilar- it's just hilarious, the timing of things. She's put an album in eight years, and then, boom, there it is. The first thing you listen to when you get out of here? First thing I li- I'm going to listen to when I get out of here, you said? When you get out of quarantine. It's a perfect album for breaking free. Oh, yeah, exactly. I've been listening to it the whole way through, actually. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I follow Pitchfork a lot, actually. The probably a good disclaimer on that. That's where I get most of my music. You know Pitchfork, the blog? Yeah, I follow that a lot. Yeah. Um, they, gave, they gave their first 10 in almost 10 years to fetch the bolt cutters. So that really? says something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The last 10 they had was My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy yeah. by Kanye West. Yeah. So, yeah. Jack would know that, that's for sure. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, she's a big one for me, too. All right. That's going to go in the mix for sure. Let's move to what's your what's your favorite book that you've ever read? How oh, you God. think everyone should read? Oh, terrible a couple, question, Thomas. A couple, no, okay, a couple. I, you know, okay. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give. Can I give you three? Of course. Yeah. Um, I I I wrote something about uh, a month and a half ago, um, or two months ago, uh, about three three books that I think have changed my mindset as. Uh, a human as a person or as a person slash individual and as a man particularly um i would i would always i would recommend sapiens to be read by every person in the world um sapiens by yuval noah harari um that's a really really good book um another one that uh, i wrote about that was really pivotal to me in my life and kind of it was you know there's certain books, I think certain things that you can, that we consume that you that are very right place, right time. Um, and the, the book called, uh, I, or, or, a book called the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson was, was like that book for me when I started. And it was, a, it was the first book I read when I started working full time actually. Um, and so I was asking myself a lot of questions about what I wanted to achieve and what I wanted to do and, I was asking a lot of questions about who I am and what I care about and what I want to be. And that book was a very good book for that. And in a very blunt, honest way of um, not sugarcoating the, in, in any of the bad, you know, talking about, there's a whole chapter in that book about death and how coming to terms with death is um, paramount for you to understand fear. Um, and just things like that. And think when they talk about different things like feedback loops and mental feedback loops and, um, and, and just the, these basic, these fundamental things about humankind that um, have all been brought in from different sources that he's, he's got them from, but are all kind of amalgamated in one book. Um, so I found that was really good. And it was a really good um, introduction for me back into reading a lot too, because there were, he gives probably five or six recommendations of books that he's, he, he cites things from in that book that I picked up two or three of them and went, oh, okay, I'm going to read these books now. And it just kind of brought this whole cycle on. So that was another good one. Um, and then the last one I would read, if I could gift 
a book um, to just about anybody, um, whether it would be male or female, that I could that I think you could learn something about humankind, about male, about men, and about culture. It would be uh, a book called "I Don't Want to Talk About It" by a guy named Terence Real. Um, so. Terence Real is a psychotherapist um, and uh, specializing in male rage, specializing in just men, like working with groups of men um, and helping men through really, really difficult things. Um, and he wrote this, and a lot of the things we talk about with mental health and this kind of systemic male um, culture of this, of, co I guess the, of covert depression, really. Um, that come that's been going on for years and years. This thing we're talking about now was written by him like 20 years ago, and a lot of the ideas that you see coming out in culture today and people actually talking about um, this is kind of like the this is one of those original works of of uh, of things like that. So um, it, the title says it all. I don't want to talk about it. It's it's um, it's his collection of stories of patient of um, um, patients that he's had and people that he's worked with and how they've overcome a, a different a, a lot of different types of issues and how cause and effect is is really the key to that and how um he can work with people and um he can uh, how his work with people has really helped him understand a lot about male culture in this and what has caused men to be the way they are in this in in a lot of these uh, really performance-based um, societies and macho man societies and things like that. So um, it's, it's, it's very comforting to find that um, a guy, somebody has written about this 20 years ago and um, it's that people, I mean, this isn't a new idea. This is something that's actually been around for a long time, but it's just starting to come out of the fold. So that's another book I would, I would recommend for sure. That's a big one to me. That's cool. I read that article. That was cool. I'm going to definitely check that out. I bought the uh, 21 lessons for the 21st century. I don't know if you heard about oh, that one, the same I guy who wrote Sapiens, yet. but I yeah, haven't read yeah. it. I'm not a big reader to be honest, but I need two more. So I bought that book. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I mean, it's guys read. I love reading. Um, reading, reading benefited me when I started working like tenfold. Um, and I mean, just to be able to, to focus your mind on something that isn't work. Um, and dive into something and learn something new. Like I don't read a lot of fiction. I read a lot of nonfiction. I'm trying to get more into fiction now. Um, but I've, I've, from what I've heard from um, sources that I, I consume my knowledge from, it, it, a balance of fiction and nonfiction is kind of the key. Um, so I've been trying to actually go back to lots of little fairy tales and different stories of my childhood now and read some of them too. Like I'm trying to read the complete collection of The Wizard of Oz right now. Yeah, broaden the horizons it's, it's oh, wow. yeah. something different right it's, it's cool yeah it's cool actually um and actually sorry one one more book um if i can give you one um one more book would be wild by cheryl Strayed. um What's that one uh wild by cheryl Strayed. uh okay it was a movie with reese it got made into a movie with reese witherspoon yeah i saw that on netflix mm. yeah yeah um I first heard Cheryl Strayed on um, a podcast with a guy named Tim Ferriss, who um, I get a lot of the I get a lot of books and good information from listening to his podcast. But one of the first episodes of his podcast I listened to was her, and she actually 
the her I guess way of uh, her writing and her interpretations of her writing and how she talks about writing probably has really got me back into writing. Um, and um, yeah, just the way that she, I mean, I never knew what writing prompts were until I heard her talk about them and things like that. And then you read, I mean, there are certain things I like about a lot of different types of authors, but with her, the, the parts of her book that I find myself highlighting, especially in Wild, are just all parts where just to listen to her describe how a, some sort of setting is unfolding, her, the way she describes re, like what she thinks and what she feels at specific times, um, I, it's, it's, it's really phenomenal. And her descriptions of things really make you feel like you're there. Um, I think she's a phenomenal writer and I think she's got a great story, especially with, um, with Wild. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a great book to read when you're not in Canada too, when you're traveling around. It was, uh, it was a book I was working on for, I, I was just kind of coming back and forth to it for a while last year. And then, um, yeah, you get, you, you, I started to get through the rest of the book. And, um, when you, when you really see like that, that end bit too, and, um, what she's learned from it and how she dealt with all those trials and tribulations on that trail. It's, it's, and the, the real living that she did and the awakening that she had. Um, it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's, just, I think it's, it's a really inspiring story that I think a lot of people can resonate with. For sure. Um, so you've written a couple articles. Definitely. We'll talk about that right at the end there and people can kind of check out those articles to learn more about those books and also you talk about podcasts in there to listen to i checked those out and they're pretty pretty uh cool to check out if you're looking for some recommendations There's a couple more topics we've been talking for a while here but i want to do a couple more and then we'll let you go if that's yeah, cool of course. Yeah, um so one thing you mentioned earlier which i thought was kind of interesting uh coming from kind of our university years and starting to transition into our jobs jack almost graduated me just graduated uh, alcohol and kind of binge drinking was a big thing of our in our lives going through that that kind of portion of our lives and you've kind of eliminated that is that kind of a decision you made based on a couple of different factors I know we talked about it before but is that something you kind of wanted to talk about because I know you said it was kind of a habit that you you just wanted to get rid of yeah um yeah I, I can talk really openly about it if you like um it, I mean at the core, I, I just don't think it's ever got, I mean, it's, I've ever gotten into, I haven't gotten, I've had so many better um, experiences sober than I have drunk. I, I think at the core, it, it's that when you really think of the, the real living you do in your life that um, I, yeah, I mean, binge drinking is huge in, in university. It was, it, yeah, and I, I partied a lot in university, especially in fourth year. Um, but I've learned that it's, I mean, I mean, when you get into, when you get into the, into a job too, it was, it's kind of daunting um, because when you, when you realize how much work you have to do every day and how, how much I cared about the work that I had to do. Um, when I would go out on the weekends and I'd feel like shit on Monday, I, I didn't like that. I really, really, I really, really had a problem with that. And that was, and I felt like I wasn't bringing my best self into the office and I owed it to my colleagues and to myself to bring my best self into that office every day. Um, this is just the way I think about it. Um, and I, I also just found a lot of other interests too. Um, I think from what I've, from what I've heard about with, in terms of, and I mean, I've read, I've read this in Mark Manson's books and um, Terrence Reel's books. You, you kind of have to find, when you really eliminate something like alcohol or 
um, or partying, things like that. When you're really eliminated, it's because you've found ways, it's because you've found, found things that are better and more positive than it. Like, I, I don't drink a lot here at all because I would much rather wake up early and go, uh, and go diving, right? And yeah, I, sure. the best diving is at the crack of dawn. And I've done that with back home with skiing. And mm -hmm. I, I, I tried to really put a lot of myself into skiing the year before I moved out here. Um, because uh, I wanted, I was testing different things. Like I, I went a month without alcohol and I really, you really saw a lot of things in that. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, it's you kind of, I'm just kind of at a point where um, it doesn't mean, I mean, alcohol and binge drinking doesn't mean it's a ton to me. I, I st don't get me wrong. I still love um, to go out with people and have a good time, but um, I just, I mean, I think there are plenty of other ways to get to know people um, other than having a beer. If, if you will. But I think I also agree that a beer is a great way to get to know people and a great way to chat. It's just kind of, it's in our culture as such a paramount thing and that you don't really think about and you don't, and you don't really monitor how it changes you because it just makes you feel good a lot of the time. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, until you see some negative things come out of, come out of drinking, you, you don't, you don't really pay much attention to it. Um, and it, it's, it all matters about how you interpret those, uh, those consequences as well. So, um, I, I haven't had anything very bad happen to me drinking. Like I, I haven't had any near death experiences, anything serious like that. Um, but I mean, I, I like everybody else, you, you go through university, it's, you look back when I look back in university and I look at the, the amount of time that I spent drunk, it's, you're just like, what? <laughs> yeah, it is. You know? it is a bit bizarre for sure. <laughs> <laughs> how does this make how does it make sense that we do this you know but yeah um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah i, I i've always i mean if i could if i could give, give like any one thing if i've i have uh, a few friends back home who have also kind of are in the same space as me on this and we call it like jumping off the train like who's who's jumping off the train next and you know not being part of the group that goes out every weekend and gets shit faced all the time and, yeah um the other the other thing too though is i mean um the, the the reason too that alcohol I started to have a problem with um, with that scene, and I mean less of a, less of a problem with alcohol, more a problem with the partying scene is is that it, it escalates, and you see that after university, right? Um, yeah. It's not just alcohol anymore; it's other things, um, and I don't I don't want to associate myself with things like that. Yeah, for sure, and that's a good way to put it. Like everyone has their stages of their life when they do like to do certain things, and. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if people our age start to get to that point now, right? Just seeing like yeah. a similar path to you, and oh, yeah. that's kind of kind of yeah. what it's leading to, right? That's what I mean, and it, that's what I mean. Where you guys, where you guys are too, that's kind of like that's the year you you figure out. Like, and I mean, Thomas, I can relate to you a lot as well because um, obviously we've we've gone to the same school and the same and the same program at work and everything too, right? Mm -hmm. You you go through a lot of the same trials and learning of i remember like the, the the first four months i was back at work i would i would be like seething and like sweating and, and like my whole body would be tingling because it's it was friday at 4 50 and i was ready to go in, in five in ten minutes you know and i was gonna go get drunk that night and then you yeah. get to a point where you go why am i looking forward to this or, or yeah, else, I know you're you know? and yeah it's, it's really not getting me to where i want to be at um, personally and professionally, right? And um, well, I think there's a place for it. I, well, I do think there's a place for it. I think that um, learning your place and your opinion and your um, 
your stance on it and where you and where you draw the line is also very important because it allows you to control your i mean you have so much more control over yourself and things like that when your friend when when i get to when if i'm sitting at the bar after teaching students here for example and i have a student who's like oh you gotta have gotta have a oh, let's say i have a couple more beers come on let's have two more i'll buy them um Normally, I'll save for a beer if somebody, especially if, if a student is buying you a beer. Um, yeah. <laughs> but staying, like, I don't, I don't normally, I very rarely stay around um, and get drunk with people because um, it's, it's, I, usually, I would usually be diving the day after too. And I, I, owe, I owe it way more to the people that I teach the day after um, to give them a good program than I do to the students I just finished teaching to get drunk with them, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, you I think that was just like a, find your, yeah. I think that was a cool mindset for sure, and I just wanted to bring that up because I think it's like a lot of things. It's like close to a lot of people who, I don't know, friends and, and listeners for sure. So I thought it was kind of cool to hear your mindset on that. A lot of people, I agree. Um, at this point, we kind of just like to throw it off to you. If you have anything to plug, if you want to talk about the blog or anything else you have planned in the future, uh, we'd like to hand it over to the guest. Um. Oh, really? Yeah. Hot seat. Hot <laughs> your time. Seat. Your time to shine. Uh oh. Um. No, I mean, I, I've I've got most of my stuff. I'm just looking at the other things we were looking at talking about here. Um. The I think if there's any other two things that I've I've learned really, and I've learned a lot about in the past couple of years, and um, it's uh unlearning and ha- having good role models. Um. And that, yeah, those are probably two subjects that I really need to talk about. Um, I use the term unlearning because I, I, I've heard that as the buzzword people are using in the business world now. Unlearning, have you heard that? Not, I, I feel like it's come across my mind, but I, I've never really talked about it, that's for sure. I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've always kind of, I've called it expanding worldview or expand, like just broadening your mind. But yeah. um, people call it, I mean, unlearning seems to be the term. I think it's a good way of. Uh, so anyway, it basically means that you are willing to be challenged on things. Unlearning means you're willing to unlearn the things that you hold near and dear to you, like that you're um, that you're willing to unlearn certain values and certain um, uh, habits that you have that may may or may not be may may be good, may not be bad, but that you're at least willing to hear the other side of it and be open to the other side. Um, and I mean. When you apply this, if you can apply this to just about anything, especially yeah. where we are with what's going on right now on social media, even, um, and um, and all of and this this amazing anti-racism movement that's going on. That's that's unlearning for a lot of people, you know. Um, and uh, and I'm, when I when I'm saying unlearning, I mean like the implicit things of how you hold prejudice in your mind, and um, and you may not even know it. That's that's unlearning things and being able to see somebody else's side. Um, for me, the the key is always the key to growing has always been willing to unlearn um, and be challenged on things because like especially you come from a small town. Like, think about this: um, the, if your worldview at that point is all the I'm the subject of or I guess the um, uh, the sum of your parents and your friends, then that's a pretty like narrow worldview. The small circle for and, sure. And, it's a small circle, right? And um, so obviously traveling's helped me with that. Living in another country, two different other countries has really helped me with that. Um, but 
and meeting other people. We talked to like, if you want to go back to the accents as well too, and meeting other people, being willing to learn things about other people. Like I, I, I think it's, it's amazing how much prejudice you hold to people from different races or different countries when you see them, uh, when you interact with people from so much, so many different countries at once. And then when you have those opportunities to, on a daily basis, to interact with people from all different places, you're, your lack of pre your prejudice and your the way that you think about people is so much more on an individualistic basis than in a kind of generalizing things. So, um, yeah, and just overall as, as a skill that I, I want to take through life and I, I value at the core of, uh, of basically everything I do. Um, I, I have my beliefs, my values, my opinions now, but I'm, I'm, I'm always willing to learn new things, right? It's a, you could call it even growth mindset, but I think unlearning, applies more to willing to be willing to see the other side if there is some sort of empathy component to it which is important to me yeah it's like you said though it's bigger now than ever and that's that's definitely something that a lot of people need to start practicing for sure it, it's just what I mean and, and it's amazing the apprehension to unlearn it to unlearn things sometimes like it, it, it's it's amazing it, it's it's crazy um even just little like little tiny habits like trying to get people to stay on their phone less and things like that or um yeah it's 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 you can get sucked into your bubble so easily it's so so easy to get sucked into your bubble um so and and that's the thing too right with the coronavirus right now is um it's you you you've been in your bubble and now your bubble is different right and yeah exactly. if you're responding to your yeah. bubble and, and feeling it that it's, it's negatively impacting you have to find a way to find something that um some way to challenge that perspective in your mind and um, think of what good can come out of this and what opportunity you have instead of burden. Right. Exactly. What about, what about your role models? Do you always try to, in different spaces of life, you always try to find a role model. Is that your kind of what you were going on there? Uh, it was more, it was, it was more so like, you, I mean, you hold these, these people, um, these, I guess, famous athletes, um, personalities, celebrities in your mind growing up as um, kind of as role models, right? And um, I've learned over the years that um, a mix, a mix of yes, those types of role models are good, but um, real role models are a lot more, a lot more important. Um, yeah. In other words, people that you actually know, um, and things like that. Um, I, I, the role models bit that I, I really was trying to get at was to, to understand where certain focus, where certain focuses of yours come from and how you, and how you can use somebody, somebody else's success to channel something good in you. Um, and so like, I mean, you talk about Michael Jordan as a role model. He's a role model for a lot of people in, in a lot of different ways. And he's a role model for me, for me in the way that he, and his relentlessness. Right. Um, yeah. I also like another huge role model of mine um, is a guy named Laird Hamilton. You ever heard of him? No, I haven't. No. He's here? probably, yeah, he's a, he's a big wave surfer from, he's just pioneered so many different surfing styles. And he's just got like this, he has just this, this never ending learning, uh, or this, this never stop learning mindset that I've, I've seen like so much. And, and you watch him in interviews, you watch, you've, I've read his books as well. Um, and you just see the way that he lives. He lives in such a loud um, and very focused way. But, and I mean, on the surface, it's, it seems like loud and crazy, but it's, he's living so intentionally and he's living so focused on, on the things that he cares about. And 
um, that's where I really got into a lot of breath work and um, expand. I, I've, I've expanded a lot of the meditation and um, breathing exercises that I do on a daily basis, just kind of based on a lot of the things that he teaches. So, um, yeah, having having good role models and good uh, good fountains of information is, I think, has been a very very good thing for me over the past few years for sure. And kind of finding people who have same ideals as you is a big thing. Exactly. 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 So I, think, and, and I mean, I mean, I mean, not in a work sense too. It's it's very yeah, easy to yeah. find role models at work, but I, I find it's it's hard to, it's hard to. I find it hard to connect with. I, I when I was at least working back home, I found it hard to connect with people on a on on a personal level that I wanted to kind of get to, and um, that was yeah. Uh, that's that's why I've I, I have a lot of friends for um, that I, I'm extremely personal with um, in that aspect as well. For sure. Uh, I think the role models is kind of a good way to end it off because I think uh, having somebody who's a couple of years ahead of us in our path, kind of went to school, had a job, and now is kind of pursuing their own passion is that's kind of why we wanted to have you on. So I think the conversation has been really awesome. You, you talked about your travel, you talked about your diving, and then now we kind of went into some of the learnings you've had, whether it be through reading podcasts, music, and entertainment. So overall, it was a really awesome interview. And I think I think we're going to end it there. If you have any final thoughts. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's good call. I, yeah. I think that's a perfect <laughs> way to end it. Actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if anybody, if, if any of your listeners want, want to find me, um, I'm on, I'm on Instagram. Um, it's at water, water boy rents. Um, and, uh, or on, on Facebook, uh, but, uh, Facebook may be changing because I'm, I'm looking to start my own business over the next, few months which we don't need to get into that but um stay yeah, tuned may, maybe so, so yeah. best 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 way to kind best way to get in touch with me especially for scuba diving related things is through instagram all right that's awesome i appreciate you coming on and it was awesome talking yeah, to you thank you yeah guys all the best all right looking forward to seeing this <laughs>